the Mango Bay <laughs> podcast. Um, plug, plug, ready, ready to plug? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gabe Pacheco with Eat, Pray, Judge. Of course, you already know that because you're subscribed, and we love uh, when you listen to us. Um, obviously, I'm here with my trusty, dusty co-host and partner in crime. Sammy Hamarne? Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no such thing as a bad introduction, I guess. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, we're just we're just here promoting ourselves constantly. And, of course, we've got uh, on mic number three Hello. a guest that I've been waiting for, anticipating. Ooh, I've been so- waiting. <laughs> Hell yeah. So excited to have you on the show today, Pranav Bahari. Hello, hello, hello. What up, what up? Trusty and musty. That's <laughs> no, you, there, can, there can be only one. <laughs> I'm very musty. Uh, what's going on? Uh, Pranav here. Follow my podcast at, man- at Your Mango Bay, B-A-E, on Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to love it almost as much almost as much as you love this podcast. <laughs> That's okay. right, which you're already following on Instagram, yeah. of course. Yeah. Eat, pray, judge. And Pranav, we brought you on today to talk about. Uh, you chose this. I movie like how you for brought us. an Indian over here just to keep me, make me feel safe. You know, just to make my comfort Indian love over here, <laughs> taking notes. He's a load bearing Indian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Four, it, four is a much more solid and stable. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, love is from my my home home place in India and in UP, state of Uttar Pradesh. Represent. Hell yeah! And love is uh, Brooklyn Santa. Or Santa, <laughs> uh, he desied he desied up your name, Brooklyn Santa. It's uh, I always mispronounce it because my my sister in law is uh named Santa mm-hmm. as well, but we pronounce it Santa. Okay. So when I see things, I uh, now I default to Santa. <laughs> no, it's good. Because Christmas means nothing to me. <laughs> so uh, we are here today to talk about uh, Caddyshack, which um. Thank you for choosing this film because I'd never seen it before. Oh my God! What? Are you serious? That's right. Cultural blind spot. Oh my God! Um, for the one and right. only. <laughs> no, me. Have you seen it before, Sammy? I had I had seen it years ago. Okay. Um, under. Uh, under duress. Under duress. Wow. The girl that I was dating was like, "You've never seen Caddyshack, and you play golf." And I was like, "Yeah." And you did not marry this person, I take did it? Did not, no. Jeez. Good for all of us Sammy. on that one. It's hilarious that it was a, a girlfriend that was like telling you that yeah. you needed to watch this. Yeah. This feels like one of those films that a dude would tell his lady. Mm, like, kind of, yeah. You need to watch yeah. this so yeah. that – and then when we have kids, yeah. our kids can watch this with me. <laughs> exactly. Because this is, a, this is a movie where fathers transmit their sense of humor <laughs> to their sons. And yeah. That's, that's basically how I like. came into Caddyshack. Right. <laughs> that basically was it. I, I inherited it from she, my, my dad and my brother. Your dad? Uh, do you have an older brother? I have an older brother. Yeah, six years older, and my dad and uh, I. They they had it on like a VHS, and so when I was like eight or something, like you got to check this out, you know, and uh, fucking got into it. You know? Yeah, you should have married that woman, Sammy. What's her at? Can you hook me up with her? I can. Um, <laughs> Satan six six six. Yeah, she really liked uh, really liked Caddyshack. Loved cocaine. Okay, that, so that that's was very good, appropriate. Yeah, Caddy totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it actually really <laughs> is. <laughs> I think that movie got Pablo Escobar like a whole other like summer villa or some shit, you know? <laughs> Just based on the amount of cocaine being pumped into that place. He had people build him a golf course in his yeah. backyard yeah, exactly. after this one for the hippos. Yeah, there's like a lot of uh, uh, random drug use references in this film. Yeah. And I think all of that goes back to the era that yeah. it was made in, right? Because we're going to go back in time to 1980, 1980. but this is... Uh, Right when Reagan was was coming into office, yeah. uh, but we hadn't quite had the uh, "just say no" campaign right. yet. I mean, sure, there was a war on drugs with Nixon, yeah, right. But uh, but come on, Every, it's it's the freewheeling. Uh, late. I, I still feel like this is a 70s film. I agree. It's definitely got a 70s feel. You know, and the 70s, uh, pre-AIDS, yeah, crisis, mm-hmm. uh, the tail end of free love, right. Uh, so sexual mores and values were a little bit looser. But than... you can tell it was an 80s movie because of the small titties. <laughs> it was really like a small titties revolution was really happening. And, you know, the slim butts and the and the 
the cone tit action, which right. is really I love it. I'm still into that. So you're um, saying body image was changing? Yeah, right? body and image in the in the in the late seventies, would you say it was more of a voluptuous? I feel like in the seventies, it was more of less about shape, and it was it was more about um, the emphasis. In the seventies, it was about long butts, mm-hmm. long butts. long asses, Jordache jeans, long elongated butts. Yes, you know now the the butts have gotten there's more dimension. They're out. Right. And yes. They're, they're like more compact in a way. You know what I mean? Today. They're like, yeah, they're like parabolic now. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's because we do a lot more body augmentation. That's now. true. That's true. So, so it just accentuates. All you need is 10 grand and you can, you can have a plump. Get an ass. Rounder. Comedy. Yeah. Okay. That's what I did. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, ni- 1980, uh, I was very, very little, you know, too. I, I'm not, wasn't quite uh, a sentient being yet. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a little, just a little infant with a soft skull. Yeah, I was sucking mad titty. Okay. That was sucking you were mad right titty in 1980. You were fresh out of the box. Then. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Literally, literally, literally fresh and out of the box and just <laughs> just sucking so much tit back then, man. I was like really, I was titty boy. I was the original TT boy uh, for all the listeners out there who sure have watched early aughts porn. Um, and this was a time where people still breastfed. You know, I know now right? it's now it's for, formulas. We got formulas. No one's got time for it. Yeah. You know, we're a go, 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 go. I know. So uh, just take a just take a milk pill. You right. Know, give them a little milk pill. Sure. Like Probiotics. So, milk Soylent. You yeah. Know? It's like the babies are getting Soylent now. <laughs> sure. Sure. They, it's the, the, the cabbage patch. Soylent. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, or what is the other thing? They now have babies now? are cool. intermittent fasting out here on Soylent. You know? <laughs> they get, right. They get one one little little one little sippy cup of Soylent a day and that's it. They're done. You Your know? baby's on keto. Exactly. Sure. Keto babies. <laughs> And uh, thank God, progress. I know, you know, seriously. And what were people doing to entertain themselves back then? You, know, I'll tell you, they had Rubik's cubes. Oh wow! Big, yeah. big uh, invention yeah. for the time. Big time. That's sure. what you knew if someone was actually smart in pop culture. They would solve a Rubik's cube within a minute, and they'd be like, "That's a prodigy, right?" Yeah. There, you know. And uh, what a what a thing! What a thing to have. Now it's just like, okay, if you see somebody in 2020 with a Rubik's cube on the spectrum i think racist i'm like why are you segregating all the colors like that bitch huh? why are you sorting all, all out like that i like my shit mixed you know that's right that's right we're in the melting pot yeah what are you trying to do it, exactly I feel we like don't it was, need that it was, it was it was a racial conditioning exercise now we're just seeing dudes in khaki pants being like you will not replace us <laughs> exactly so, <laughs> it's or, the rubik's cube generation right there they're they're peeling off all of the colors on the rubik's cubes and just leaving white squares so because i couldn't finish it i wasn't stupid i was just promoting racial equality yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fuck you, everybody yeah. that, that came at me. <laughs> yeah, uh, big year in music. You know, uh, John Lennon got shot. Mm-hmm. So uh, sea change. Bitch. <laughs> I don't care. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, an appropriating wife beating motherfucker. Fuck him. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty. Not a friend of the LGBTQ Everyone needs to... community. Yeah. Not at all. Nope. Yeah. Um, what do you have for us? Paul McCartney was uh, was was sent to jail after uh, eight ounces of cannabis was found in his luggage. He spent wow. ten days in jail. Wow, which is shocking. Those are the days, right? So I guess there was a uh, the Beatles were having a tragedy competition. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think Paul won that I one. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I think the dead one wins. And uh, okay, uh, Cubans decided to come to Florida. Mm. Uh, second mm-hmm. wave of Cuban refugees. Uh, Marielle? Marielito boat cruise. Or the yeah the boat lift yeah. and uh, which brought us the best movie. That really did, really did. Um, what was that again? <laughs> Princess Bride. <laughs> I was about that right. Scarface. Hell yeah. Yeah, I hell was gonna yeah. say one day at a time the remix. Yeah, the new one, <laughs> which is a, La- a Latinx uh, sitcom starring okay. Cuban Americans, which nice. makes it safe for Trump's America. Okay, that's you know, good. yeah, yeah, because yeah. Cubans don't really care. They probably they, voted for Trump. They, yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty right wing. So they are pretty right. You can have identity politics, but also be on the Republican fascist yeah. side yeah. Yeah. of the spectrum. Speaking of that, it's comforting. That's, like, <laughs> that's intersectionality right there. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I'm into. Yeah. I uh, I'm, I like woke drone pilots. Yeah, exactly. 
drone pilots who have PTSD. You know? <laughs> I felt really bad about that. Yes. I felt yes. really bad about that game of Call of Duty. Uh, that they bombed a wedding party. Uh, what were you going to say about 1980? About fascists? Yeah. Um, Saddam Hussein uh, received the key to Detroit in 1980. That after fucking slaps. And I was just noticing you had <laughs> a bomb-ass picture of Saddam right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah i did that i did uh i love drawing yeah. in my free time yeah. and uh, i don't get enough uh, i don't do it enough but i like to make pixelated portraits of problematic people yeah and uh and you that was know your one exception that was the one truly heroic figure that you okay yeah yo you know what bath, shout out to that. the bathist party yeah, shout out to the bathist they were holding shit together <laughs> yeah. all right they were holding yeah. shit together the original arab Nazis. yeah they were the egg in that bombastic <laughs> cake that is the middle east you know just holding it together you know it's a fine thing to say being a, a uh, sort of lightly superficially informed about uh, geopolitics in the middle east yeah. you know i'll be like hell yeah bathist but then i meet somebody from iraq and they're like what or anywhere <laughs> but i'm like i mean he wasn't like a salafi uh, uh like dictator right. warlord that's, that's trying to create a theocratic it, state for yeah. them, he, he, they were bloodbathists. Bloodbathists, you know? sure. They were, my dad calls them the, the Nazi party. He's like, he's like, the Bathists are essentially the Nazi party. They were. Yeah, so okay. that's kind of how yeah. they... Yeah, I was just like, I thought they were just like secular... Uh, they were, too. That was the interesting thing about them. But they were just a completely totalitarian, extremely brutal, had all the same or mechanisms of repression and organs exactly. of repression that the Nazis did. And Very sure. similar rise to power as yeah. well. They, they so. learned it from you, Dad. Thank you for watching you, Dad. <laughs> they, learned, they learned it from the Western imperialists. <laughs> you actually gave me the drugs, Dad, too. <laughs> Dad, I am you. You are right. Why are you forsaking me, Dad? So what you're saying, though, Sammy, is that in 1980, Saddam Hussein was a friend of the U.S.? Yeah. He was a longtime friend of the U.S. until shit got real. Yeah. And then we didn't need him anymore. That's right. <laughs> right. But it's crazy. that Did he actually go to Detroit? I mean, that's the question I have. You know, was I don't, he there hanging did he out? Did he go to Motown? Was he hanging out with Barry Gordy? Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, Robinson. he's like, I love the Temptations. Yeah. They're wonderful people. They're the great singers. The <laughs> voice. You should come. Minutes. Come to Baghdad. BYD. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. He donated money to a Chaldean church. Oddly enough, which none of this makes any fucking sense whatsoever. Uh, you um, know. But, you know, they gave him the kitty, the, the key, and the kitty. And the kitty. The kitty and the key, which you he know, probably still has today. It was Motown. <laughs> uh, big, big explosions in technology around this time, too. We had not you said only. Rubik's Cube, dude. We already covered it. <laughs> <laughs> what else happened, Gabe? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> right. Etch and sketch what? Japanese cars uh, oh. started taking over the market. Ooh. They were the number one producers of cars in the world, and 30% of U.S. car sales were imports, which wow. means they were. We have all this great neoliberal stuff popping off in 1980, you know? It was yeah. a nice little turning point. Sure. And if you want to see a movie <laughs> about Japanese car manufacturing and the tensions in the U.S., check out Gun. Oh, oh hell movie. yeah. They tried to make that into a TV show, I remember, too. For <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. They totally did. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. And uh, domestic camcorders uh, became available for the first time in Japan. World star. Uh, <laughs> world star. <laughs> world star. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I was like, to Tokyo star? Tokyo star. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and mo more importantly, I'd say the biggest innovation in tech at the time was the, uh, the introduction of the Post-it note. Oh, to the public. Okay, Huge. really? Yeah, okay. put a post-it on wow. it. Wow. Also, a little mechanism of neoliberal repression. If sure. you think about it, you know, well, you have I, to self you have to to self-impose uh, all these things on yourself, right? By the, having notes up that are always reminding you of your duties. The political is personal in uh, the Pacheco household. Yeah. I keep post-its all over the refrigerator okay. in every room. Just gentle reminders. To uh, fuck capitalism. <laughs> fuck capitalism. <laughs> fuck the post-it note. Hashtag buy more milk. Yeah, uh, why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're running low on milk, honey. Can you make sure that we have more for my Time coffee? Time to milk the cow. Milk the cow. Don't forget to milk the cow. Uh, in Russia, we killed the cow. <laughs> in Russia, a cow milked us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> SNL was bombing. Savings and loan? Okay. Both, I guess. Both, okay. Both. Both both were were down the tubes, but SNL nineteen eighty. This was a you know a sea change, because Dick Ebersole took over, uh, oh. and uh, because Lauren Michaels took a sabbatical. For Is a couple that when years. it was like Robert Downey Jr. and shit were on the show, and it was like serious actors? This was that? I think that was like eighty two. But you're you're right. Like this was the transition period, and all of the original cast was gone. All of the people that we the founding fathers of SNL. Yeah, right, you know right, yeah. the uh, the Mount Rushmore of SNL was mm -hmm. gone. The Dan Aykroyd's out of the picture. Uh, right. The uh, Jane Curtin out right. of the picture. Right. 
Chevy Murray, gone, Chevy, Murray gone. Who who will take their place? A young Eddie Murphy right, is a repertory yeah. player in 1980 and becomes the star in 81. Yeah. Who is the star right now? Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what the star was. A great was. man in yeah. his own right. A great comic in his own right. Gilbert Godfrey, Joe Piscopo, and Charlie Rocket wow. were taking Charlie the hell. Rocket. That was the other one. Wow. And this is like Julie Louis Dreyfus was on this one. She's a little bit. She's like the next year. Oh, she's yeah. after this. Right yeah. around the same time. So, uh, so it's in the. Nobody is watching SNL at this point, though. It's yeah. it's. I don't know if it sucks. But um, it's, it's one of those. It goes through phases, you know. It there was, I think, an aesthetic change, a sea change in politics. Yeah. Right, we're going from counterculture to the uh, family values yeah. Reagan era. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new morning in America. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they were carrying the torch with the same type of humor, but yeah. it just wasn't hitting with these uh, mm. these more milk toast uh, yeah. boomers. Yeah. That were calming down. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was a big, big hangover, LSD coke hangover. Or sure, something, you know? they're finding Jesus now. Oh, they're doing aerobics now. Oh man, they're drinking water. Oh wow, they're, okay. They're moving away from uh, civil rights into into more palatable, easy um, topics right. like uh, Hands Across America. Mm-hmm. We are the world. Let's worry about the famines in Africa. Yeah, let's worry about the ecosystem mm, directing it all away from the self you know exactly there it is uh, shout out those early jane fonda aerobics videos <laughs> it was right bally's and tab you know yeah i love tab. those videos oh shit tab tab Ta- tab yeah tab, tab. sugar-free sodas Let me get a tab uh-huh and you know what i knew i knew tab from back to the future Right, because, exactly. Um, because Marty McFly walks into the diner and he says, "Can I get a tab?" Yeah. and they're they're all just like, "Are you? What are you? <laughs> Who is this gay teenager wearing a life vest?" <laughs> he thinks he's gonna drown. <laughs> <laughs> I need a tab so I can fit in my Jordash jeans. Okay. Do you remember the story of the Washington Post reporter that fabricated an entire narrative about a or story about a kid being a uh, eight year old heroin addict in D.C. Wow! No. Yeah. Tell me more about this. Addict. I think that guy was just a prophet because that story probably there's like ten of those stories right now. Also, that's pretty advanced to have like a, a pretty solid heroin addiction. There's a lot of moving parts to becoming addicted to <laughs> yeah. heroin. I feel like yeah. a lot of um, muscle. That memory. was actually just a profile of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> In 1980, you're a heroin addict. You're you gotta you're listen eight. to you gotta listen to the Velvet Underground already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta know your fan. jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was called Jimmy's World, and they I mean obviously they found out that the entire story was fake and, and outed her. Lost her job and her, you know, credibility. Clearly, yeah, it's almost mean, wholesome when you compare that to like Judith Miller in the Iraq War. <laughs> Go back to that old school lifestyle, <laughs> shitty lifestyle reporting. Letting Brian Williams know it's probably okay to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I think we've done it. We've talked about the the context in which this movie was uh, filmed, mm-hmm. 1980. Mm-hmm. We're back there, and let's now jump into Caddyshack. So, like I said, I'd never seen this. I have no relationship with this movie. Mm-hmm. My, I had an uncle though. He play, was an avid golf player, yeah. and he loved it. Uh, so he would, he was just like, "You Caddyshack, it's great." Yeah. But then I would look at the cover at uh, the, you know, at Blockbuster, and I was like, "This is not for me," <laughs> yeah. right? The cover makes you feel like, "Oh, this is a movie for like old white dudes." Uh-huh. Yeah, and it like, is. You're not wrong. Yeah. If the thing about, about it is, it's a, it's a movie about old white dudes too. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's Fubu. Yeah, for us, <laughs> four whites about whites. Fubwa. <laughs> sure, sure. And then also growing up in Washington D.C., I had no context with golf. Right. So I like I didn't have a golf course around me. There were there were country clubs in Potomac and um, uh, the outskirts of D.C. and yeah, Bethesda, yeah. but. They were also seen as like racist. They were like, yeah. "Oh, they don't let Jews into this club," or like, yeah. "They don't let blacks into this right. club." So, you know, growing up in a multicultural house, I was like, "Oh, wow! Oh, so golf is the is a like a race soldier pastime." It like, is. This kind is of. what death camp guards would play. Like <laughs> yeah. when they're done, uh, the death you know. camp guards were the caddies. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is what Himmler, you know, uh, uh, Eichmann. <laughs> those are the guys teeing it up. You know, I li- I'd like a uh, a Caddyshack prequel. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, no. that's horrid! Oh my god, it's one of those. Is, I don't even want to go there. But. No, they could do. What was the movie? They used to have a show, Hogan's Heroes, I think, oh which, god, was yeah. the, uh, I which was the which was a a, lo- a a zany sitcom yeah. about American Stalag POWs. 13. Yeah, Stalag Thirteen. <laughs> and it's like it's like they they have American POWs uh, being the caddies. Yeah. for uh, that'd be that's the that's yeah. the movie. That's it. That's that's the fusion we need. That's the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, God, 
too much fun. Golf. Yeah. Rolf. Golf with Rolf. Rolf with Rolf. Golf with Rolf. Did you ski as well? <laughs> or was that another victim of like, the off-white upbringing? Uh, no, ski- no skiing. Right. Well, my, my parents were both. both. My mother didn't know how to ride a bicycle. Hmm. And my father was athletic, but, uh, you know, de- Mexican. That's just so. a weird-sounding ethnic flex. And my mother, she didn't even know how to ride a bicycle, okay? <laughs> they didn't couldn't have... even ride a bike. Yeah. That's like the, yeah. Well, she was just un- uncoordinated. Yeah. And then my dad, who was coordinated. She loved aerobics, though, so mm. she would do the Jane Fonda workouts. But my dad, Mexican, no, no skiing. Right. You know? There's no skiing in Texas. The Jane Fonda workout. But you know what that was for me? was jacking off. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, every, that's what that was, was for everyone. Abs of Steel. Oh, yeah. Sure. Push Fun it to the steel. limit. Push that was the song <laughs> that was uh, part of the soundtrack. I remember that soundtrack. Was it really? You mean the one from Scarface? The same song? Uh, oh, am I wrong now? Well, look. I, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's. I'm going to look on Spotify after this and see if there is a Jane, Jane Fonda workout uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Because... I feel like it's very okay to be wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> so don't... don't. You're okay. you're fine, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's hop into this movie. Uh, so, what was so you saw it with a girlfriend? Yep. Your uh, older brother and father and my dad, forced yeah. you to watch this. Didn't forced. force me, but you know my, my older brother, I worshipped him. You know, yes. I loved him, and he and my dad would just be cracking up at this movie that had on a VHS. It was edited. It was taped from TV, so there wasn't any of the, the titties or anything like that. Um, and so I just ended up watching it with him, and then little lines from the movie, you right. know, we would just quote them around the house, you know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, no, a pond is good for you, or stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I just kind of got into it, you know? It was just very funny, and it is a very funny movie, uh, if you've ever watched it. it. It certainly was, for the time, extremely funny. And I think the movie was very prescient politically of where we're at today. Mm-hmm. If you look at the actual movie it's actually very smart in that it's really all about class warfare yeah it's 100 percent is it's about the caddies the caddies under threat of automation from golf carts and then uh they're kind of capitalist overlords forcing them into competition with each other and so they don't really have a lot of poc ethnic stuff going on but uh you do have like Irish versus Italian rivalries right. and stuff like that, Danunzio versus Noonan and that kind of thing. And and so I thought it was very interesting. And then you have the Rodney Dangerfield character, Al Sherbick, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of represents the parvenu capitalist class. He's yeah. not old bourgeois money, right? Yeah, he's he's that loud money. He's, he's, he's the loud money. money. He's, he's that the loud Easter... money who comes in, right. he, he dazzles everybody. And I think in many ways Trump is like the Al Sherbick of politics 2016 was the caddyshack election the snobs versus the slobs you know and i mean dangerfield's character was obviously very sympathetic in the movie but i think it was the same kind of dangerfield energy that trump was running on in 2016 and that did catapult him into the white house because he didn't care he's farting at the dinner table <laughs> you know he's 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 uh That's... he's just a total wild man you know rde dude Rod- rodney dangerfield energy yeah yeah exactly yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's do a quick synopsis for anybody that hasn't seen this film. Okay. I mean, everybody has seen it, but we'll, I think that's a nice jumping off point, and right. then we'll go from the synopsis into the character, the writers. Right. Okay. And then we'll go into characters. Yeah. And so, uh, Sam, you pulled you pulled one up. Yeah, from, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. read it. I'm gonna read it out. Yeah. We're gonna this. We're <laughs> we're directly quoting the <laughs> fine authors at what website? Uh, this would be IMDb. The uh, estimable IMDb. Mm-hmm. So uh, so basically the synopsis is Danny Noonan, uh, a teen down on his luck, works as a caddy at the snob-infested Bushwood Country Club, Bushwood, Bushwood. Club to raise money for his college education. <laughs> uh, an attempt to va- gain votes for a college scholarship is reserved to attempt. Uh, he volunteers to caddy for a prominent and influential club member named Ted Knight. Uh, Danny struggles. Uh, while Judge Smales. Ted Judge Knight Smales. plays Judge That's Smales. right. Yeah. Um, By the way, this is actually the synopsis for Star Wars, just so everyone knows. <laughs> get this all wrong, That's the blueprint but, for the Death yeah. Star. Uh, so he enters a high-pressure uh, caddy day golf tournament um, uh, with the help from his uh, like new-age advice from a wealthy golf guru, uh, independently wealthy Ty Webb, or inherently wealthy Ty Webb, played by Chevy Chase. Yeah. He's old right. money. Old money. He, he is old money. He, what? Yeah. yeah. No, no. No, right. I was going to say this movie is uh, – my favorite types of movies are uh, Jews gambling – movies so this is exactly like uncut gems yeah. <laughs> so i think that's rodney dangerfield maybe is a he's jewish 
maybe in this film as I well. I think that's maybe implied, right? Yeah, he he's got that Slavic last name. He does, mm-hmm. but they don't ever all outright call him a Jew. Yeah. But I think he codes. Yeah, he codes as <laughs> Jew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Dreyfus and Jaws. He does. Got yeah. Dreyfus Dreyfus and Jaws. The neurotic shark hunter. It's a Carcharidin Carcharius. Carcharidin I've got stuff on board that can kill it. Yeah, lots of drugs. So yeah. Great. So that's the breakdown. There's other there, there's other stuff we'll discuss. Billy 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 Murray's character specifically and others. Yeah. Know. So we'll get into the so synopsis and then it was written by um by the uh, the founder of National Lampoon, Doug Kenny. Okay. R.I.P. Him okay. and Bill Murray's brother, who's actually plays Brian the Caddy Doyle. Master. Yeah. Yeah. That's Brian right. Doyle yeah. Also Lou co-wrote that. Um. Uh. Also, Harold Ramis uh, co-wrote it. So mm-hmm. those three guys that holy triumvirate. Doug Kenny, Harold Ramis, and Brian Doyle Murphy, uh, and Murray. all of them. Murray. 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 Yes, Murray. And they, uh, yeah, so Ramis comes from SCTV, and he had worked uh, with uh, Brian Doyle Murray already mm-hmm. in Chicago, and these these people all have connections to SNL. Uh, Lauren Michael cherry-picked all of Doug Kenny's uh, talent, to create mm-hmm. the first SNL players because before that they were all part of the National Lampoon radio show. Mm-hmm. So he, Doug Kenny is kind of like an unsung hero from this era that a lot of people don't remember because he died uh, almost immediately after uh, this film. Wow, probably so from all the cocaine. He, he uh, suicide, jumped, fell off, well, I don't know. He fell off a cliff in Hawaii. Okay. So he went to Hawaii after the terrible uh, reviews from this movie, what? spiraling into depression. Were the reviews terrible? Uh, people did not like. He didn't oh. like it, or he wasn't happy with it because there's a couple things you brought up already that this movie had a very intelligent uh, class warfare subtext to it. Yeah. That was a much more um, overt in its original drafts. And then as the studio got its hands on it and they got all of these big talented supporting actors like Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Mm -hmm. Rodney Dangerfield, and Ted Knight, the film stopped being about caddies. Right. It's called Caddyshack and it's like about uh, Danny Noonan, but he's the wackest character in this. I know, I know. That's the interesting thing. All the quote supporting characters are all the biggest stars and the main character is... Uh, nobody, you know, he's like he, yeah. he, un- unknown. He's like Luke Skywalker light. He's yeah. he's the tab sugarless version <laughs> of Luke Skywalker. And then you've got all of these great uh, supporting people. So because of that, the film deviates from that initial like uh, message and thrust right. and becomes more of a, a sketchy. Not like sketchy as in dangerous, but like sketches. It's like a right. bunch of yes. fragmented, disjointed sketches that are all funny scenes. And this is a movie where I feel like the um, the uh, the parts are greater than the sum. Definitely, definitely. I I I can't totally disagree with that. For yeah. me, it's just a nostalgic thing. This is right, like the yeah. first movie that turned me onto class consciousness and comedy. That's Two of so the biggest cool. things in my life. So yeah, you know that that's like what I really my big takeaway from the movie. It's it's, it's basically like the National Lampoon's version of Parasite. Yeah, it's the National <laughs> Lamp- <laughs> National Lampoon's Communist Manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh yeah. So <laughs> we get a- Lampoon's Das Kapital. <laughs> We do. We get Danny Noonan, right? He's uh, the first scene is him waking up, and he it lives in a house with a cross, a crucifix yeah. in it. He's Catholic. Mm-hmm. We know he's Catholic. He's Irish Catholic. Yeah, and, we know he's Irish Catholic because yeah. he's got thirty siblings. Exactly. And yeah. this Jesus is, Christ is the patron saint of white poverty, apparently. <laughs> yes. Anytime you see multiple kids and a, a crucifix, you know you're in an exactly. Irish Catholic home. Exactly. And really, God left that home a long time ago. You know, God <laughs> has never been in those homes. He was happy with the procreation. <laughs> they need a massage. Saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, you le- leave it in, let it soak, no rubbers. And uh, Brian, uh, so Brian Doyle Murray, this is actually uh, taken directly from his life, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, um, I uh, what was it? Um, Bill Murray was a caddy, mm-hmm. he worked all, on a golf course in yeah. Illinois. All three right. of them were Real, Real Ramis, Bill Murray, Brian Doyle Murray, they all worked as caddies as they, when they were younger, so. Yeah, so this is directly from his life, and Danny is, uh, you know, his his parents. They want him to go to college. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He has no. He's a sh- he's a shiftless caddy. Right. And uh, yeah, so we see this guy who's literally growing up on the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. And then he takes his bike ride through ten speed. Uh, a transformation. Uh, into this palatial neighborhood with huge houses yeah. going to the golf course. And then the, and then as he gets to the golf course, 
there are two uh, women on riding on horses, right? Riding, like the full, yeah. uh, <laughs> full like in their fox own hunting outfit. commercial, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so class, it's a big thing. And uh, you brought up Parasite, mm-hmm. Sammy, and yeah, like I don't like Danny's character because he is constantly. Uh, you you see like how how uh, people at the bottom rung are not they have to compromise and make bad decisions right. to climb to the top yeah. in capitalism. Yes, you know like there's a there's him uh, in charge of the general store. You're right at the caddy shack, and then he's taunting the other working class guy who who can't pay for the whole coke. Yeah, Nunzio. Yeah. You know, eat, eat, yeah, and what, what's uh, Patrice O'Neill calls that the reason that we don't have a revolution is because Americans love the dream of middle management. Right. Exactly. Like we just love we get a hard on for being like on top of just uh, one other person. Exactly and so it. Danny is this middle management villain mm-hmm. in that one in that scene, you know, and then he gets a woman who loves him. Yeah. But he He's has to upgrade the allure to get yeah. a hotter woman. Yeah. You know, and who ultimately fucks him over. So that's also uh, well, there's a. There's a anti-feminist component to that for sure. Sure, sure. Of uh, the rich femme fatale who who toys with the working class uh, boy of with dreams of upwards mobility. Uh, yeah, it's the yeah. Uh, you don't really see us together, do you? Right, <laughs> end <Yeah>. game. <laughs> do you think I belong here? That was fun. She's like, "What's your name?" <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and uh, and then he and then he also. Um, Learns how to be a yes man, right? Which is another way to uh, weasel your way into the upper class. Is he falls on the sword for Ted Knight's character when Ted Knight throws his golf club mm-hmm. in a rage? Yeah, and then he does it again when he decides agrees to be a stooge in the tournament or whatever, or in the uh, the golf game. Yeah, right? yeah. Was that what happened? Oh fuck, maybe I'm forgetting. But I just remember they had that talk. After he fucked his niece, he's like, do you want to be good, Danny? Do you want to be on the side of goodness? <laughs> he's like, I want to be good, sir. I want to be good. But yeah. And that scene actually made me think a lot about like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, shit. And it, uh, or just any any like uh, I think that's the most extreme case. But sort of you you f- you commit a crime and you think you're going to get in trouble for the crime. Mm-hmm. So Danny sleeps with uh, with Ted Knight's niece. And at this point, you think, well, he's going to get fired. He's, his life is destroyed. But instead, because reputation is so important, right. Ted Knight is like, as long as this is kept under wraps, right, right, you right, can right. continue. And you, I see great things for you. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the paradox is that sometimes you, by committing a shameful act, the cover-up will lead you to, right. a, uh, to a higher position wow. in um, a stratified society. Love it. Love it. Such a beautifully understated performance. He's like you're officially a Mossad asset, <laughs> right? Now. You know you're in. Like we own you now, yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you're quiet about what you did, you're going <laughs> you're all the way to the, the top. top. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Very so true. doing dirt gets you places. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you just have to be strategic about it, you know? <laughs> right. Wow. Take the gamble, and uh, yeah. So, so those are those are the sides of capital that you kind of like brought up that this is a critique of. Mm-hmm of modern American society. <laughs> and that is the path of least resistance for our boy, Danny. Yes. But what is on the other side of that to counterbalance these Ted Knight's character, mm-hmm. the judge, yeah. old money, old the wasp money. Yeah. who, and Ted Knight's character. Yeah. So, so he could either choose that path, but we have these foils on the other side. Right. The foils are, I think the big one actually is the gopher. <laughs> right, the gopher. That's like Al Qaeda or some kind of weird Islamist element that's infiltrating and and with the potential to wreak havoc on the club. Right? I love this. Okay, so first off, gophers. Um, uh, my grandfather he had a place in Wyoming. We used to live in Wyoming for mm-hmm. a little while, and he gophers. He would take a twenty two rifle from the second story of his house, yeah. and shoot gophers, and then he would pay me fifty cents. A gopher. So I would so go, go retrieve the. Gopher. I would retrieve the. You dead would be gophers. his gopher dog. And that's when I found out that you uh, you take a shit when you die yeah. because they all had logs hanging out of their backs and uh, I would take the gophers and throw them into the Snake River and he'd give me fifty cents a uh, a gopher wow. and I and I was like you know I was a little kid and I was like isn't this bad that we're killing these cute like, little why are animals? these people down river getting sick <laughs> what's going on <laughs> yeah there's lead in the water now <laughs> like 
dead gophers. Just <laughs> lead and anthrax in the water. <laughs> 50 cents seems kind of light. Well, you know, this was the 80s, that's, man. That, that's how that's how capitalists be doing, yeah, the proletariat. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. You are Noonan. You were Noonan. It's 50 but, uh, cents or nothing. I wonder what it was that led the, you know, he's a, a World War II vet, so maybe it was some some of that was part of it. It was wrapped up in there. He was a hunter. And also, um, I asked, like, why, why are we killing these cute little creatures? And he's like, well, uh, there are horses that would ride across the property right. and all over that area. And... <laughs> The gophers leave these huge holes. Right. So uh, if a horse puts its hoof in the hole, it's break its ankle or something, and then you gotta shoot the horse. Oh fuck! So because you can't fix a horse with and a broken little leg. Little Gabe had a tough time right. dragging horses down to the river. The you know? Yeah. So what was the moral calculus? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many of these, how many of these little gophers uh, are you know on one end of the scales versus the a horse's corpse wow. that I'd Gabe. have to saw up yeah. and take yeah. down in chunks. <laughs> to take down in chunks. It was a whole day's work. Yeah. Actually, one uh, horse. It was, I call that pulling a Khashoggi. <laughs> Gabe the dog sick. I need you to go get the gophers. <laughs> Little Gabe walking around with a bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. 50 cents? What? Yeah. I feel my spirit hardening. <laughs> but then Gabe gamed the system because his grandfather was like, I'll give you a dollar for every horse. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? <laughs> fuck the gophers. Just leave them out there. Yeah. Let the happen? horses break their ankle. I'll do it for a dollar. Uh, so gophers, yeah. And and you brought up there like Al-Qaeda, you know. And here's the – how did the gophers <laughs> first end up at the golf course? It's because the real estate developer right. was disrupting the ecosystem yeah. right next oh, to the golf God, course. So good. So, so all true. of the gophers are, are, are now infesting this yeah. golf course because this Jewish real estate wow. developer is okay. right next door. So we've got a little... Dis- that's Israel. That's Israel right there. <laughs> that was a Disrupt- hard J game. Re- dis- <laughs> disrupting, disrupting the region and forcing... Yeah, or leading all these, all these, uh, or these refugees. They're maybe they're ref- They could be Honduran refugees. So what is this, could, like counterinsurgency? Exactly. Is that what we're talking about? Well, now the Bill Gophers Murray would be the counterinsurgent. Right, he's the counterinsurgent. Yeah, the insurgents. Bill Murray is the PTSD-addled caddy, exactly, or a groundskeeper yeah. who uh, now has to fight these these tunnel rats. Yeah, and just making fun of people with Bell's palsy the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with this weird accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Also, I mean, it is a mixed metaphor. The gopher is a cipher for mm-hmm. all um, insurgent problems right. in society. Whether it's Honduran immigrants or uh, Arab refugees or right. whatever, they're and all bundled the, together. And the at the time, thing. this was like right after Vietnam. Yeah. So this, to me, is it's the Viet Cong. He at one point refers to to. Oh, to he, the gopher as Varmint Kong, right. actually. He does Kong. call him there Varmint is a, there Kong. There's a solid nom reference I mean, the there. more we're talking about it, the more explicitly obvious how woke the writers of Caddyshack actually kind of were, mm-hmm. in my mind. Well, they're like, all smart guys. Yeah. Poon's guys were always intelligent right. and socially aware. Yeah. You're making me like this movie more the more that we analyze it and think about it. But then I think about who the audience for this movie is. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I know that you're the audience. I know that Sammy's the audience, yeah. too. But I, I just keep thinking it's like old white guys that voted for Reagan and yeah. like love golf. Yeah. But, I mean, so... that's the paradox of all narrative though, right? Is <laughs> like, even if it's intended to critique the objects of that critique are always, are always sympathetic in a way. Right. So, so that, that makes the, 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 the full proletariat representation is Bill Murray in this film, right? It's He's... Bill Murray. It's Danny Noonan. It's yeah. Nunzio. It's the caddies, right. Who are under threat, under threat by golf carts is taking their jobs. And so they have to really play ball if they want to stay in the, stay in the game and we're meant to love uh, like we're we're meant to see uh rodney dangerfield is sympathetic right and yet mm. rodney dangerfield it, the the idea of somebody making new money yes it is always sympathetic because you love the story of a rags to mm-hmm. riches character this horatio alger yeah like oh, I, di- I did it i was the first guy to do it i didn't come for money uh yeah but he is uh, a terrorist. Well, he's actually the true neoliberal in it, right? He is. He's also the yeah. guy who's, who's globalizing, right? He's bringing in the, the Japanese or Chinese guy or whatever. He was also yeah. like a, a property speculator and, right. and opening up the market, right? With great deleterious effect to the yeah. native population. You've uh, they're white and old and crusty. And disruptive technology, too. Exactly. Because he's got the, gol- he's got the golf clubs that shoot up right into your hands yeah. so you don't that, even need that, a caddy. That Einstein developed for him, he says. Right, right? yeah. And that he can, he can perfectly putt. <laughs> Again, coding is Jewish. What a beautifully, <laughs> beautifully understated portrayal yeah. by Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> it's like a, a master class in comedic subtlety <laughs> that he just drops on everybody. So what I like about the real world uh, thing, the thing with Rodney is this is his first film. And he's like 
maybe 50 in it. Oh, God. Is it his first film? Yeah. Oh, you can tell. Oh, he had no yeah. idea what he was doing. I mean, <laughs> he even said, he's like, you know, they had, to, they had to coach him up, you know, line-wise directly every single time. Line-wise, meaning lines of cocaine. Yes. Lies, yeah. Line. <laughs> lines off of castmates' boners. Yeah. <laughs> he was basically... I mean, this was like a live-action cartoon for it the most was. part. Like, Ted Knight, completely overacting yeah. in what is a, yeah. a, a cartoon. Uh, love, I love Ted Knight. Uh, he's probably my favorite actor in this movie. He's great. He's he, incredible. Yeah, and I remember watching him on sitcoms. Uh, Too Close for Comfort was He was my film. favorite dad yeah. in Too Close for Comfort. Yeah. He was and, on uh, Mary Tyler Moore as well. Yep. The Ted Knight Show. The oh. Ted Knight. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't. So he, uh, yeah, but he always, I, I always saw him playing like a sort of uh, put upon older father, patriarch of right. families. And he plays a villain in this, but mm-hmm. his timing is uh, amazing. He yeah. is committed I'd say he is the center. He's the yeah. only person in this movie who's committed to acting. He really is. That was into my house growing up. We used to do that. Like, mm, oh, oh, ah, ah. like yeah. he's great. Yeah. Everyone else is in a sketch. Yeah. Right. Or exactly. they're like improv and yeah. like acting just like nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. And he's really doing it. Ted, Ted's, Ted's doing Meisner. Nothing to work off of. Yeah, he's like he's on some Stella Adler. You <laughs> yeah. know, he's De Niro in this movie. He's really literally is. he's in Patton, and everyone else is in fucking <laughs> the golf, Wasp golf balls. <laughs> yes, and uh, and and so you know, I feel bad for him. Like I like he is a sympathetic villain in this. Yeah, in uh, I'm not gonna say that he's right, but he is. He's like, okay, I built this golf course. You know. Uh, this is my realm, yeah. And uh, I got a niece here. I'm trying to protect my my relatives. Mm-hmm. She's out here like living her most reckless life. Yeah. Uh, I've got new club members showing up, disrupting everything. Yeah. Well, it's like it's it's kind of like a, a the, the battle on the right between the neoliberals right. and uh, like the more libertarian right wingers, right? Yeah. Who are more and, protectionist and things like that. Right. Yes, you've got like the Ron Pauls versus the Mitt Romneys, if you will, or the he's, Donald Trumps, right? You know, yeah, he's just out there trying to keep his bloodlines pure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's a simple I get that. man. He's I get a simple that. Man. Yeah, it's all look, so much empathy. Look, I always character. wanted to finish my Rubik's cube, and I think he wanted to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why can't we just make them all white? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's a uh, this waspy racism is. Um, I don't know. He's it's it's all there. It's all on the nose. He embodies all of that. You all know, he doesn't like the Jews. He treats his black employee terribly. Porterhouse. Right. Porterhouse. Yeah. yeah. What can we talk and about the, the name chine, Porterhouse? Fine <laughs> Chop chop. What does he say to him? Uh, Porterhouse. The name that he, that's not even his name, dude. Oh. His name's Gerald. <laughs> that's a steak. You have to cut a steak. Yeah. Are you calling me Porterhouse? <laughs> and so he what he he, he bat destroys his shoes. Sure. He shines the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, sparks start flying yeah. out of him. It's great. I'll, I'll, you'll show him. And he has he has Spalding, his nephew, Ugh. who's like a little inbred freak, which is, again, like a very old money Spalding. aristocracy trope, you know? Sure. Like they just bred themselves into um, buffoonery, uh, imbe- imbecilery. Yeah, dull, dull-wittedness, like dull-wittedness. Prince Andrew. Exactly. Who, yeah. Like, you know, just going on television and being like, yes, I was friends with a pedophile, <laughs> yeah. and he wasn't all bad. Yeah. Spalding is 1,000% in jail for sexual assault now. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. Given, well, right? he might have gotten out on an affluenza. Right. Affluenza, yeah. <laughs> affluenza. <laughs> or white collar. the judge. It's true. Yeah. Spalding. And uh, and and how do you think Bill Mur- uh not Bill uh, Chevy Chase fits into this paradigm? He's a, he's a very interesting character because he's definitely of a piece with also a kind of old money, right. enlightened, new agey. You know, he's kind of blasé about his wealth. You know, so there's there's no struggle in his life anymore. He's not the guy who's attaining, and he's not even the guy who cares about maintaining either right it, yeah it, so what what like how what is the archetype of that really i'm trying to figure out it definitely feels like he's playing himself because i know that he does come from money right like a very wealthy well. family inherently and i think that he sort of plays he's a i mean a more new age sort of uh you know he's into the eastern eastern philosophies a little bit it's quoting basho exactly you know uh so i, I feel like he's playing like a, a woker version of, an, of a trust fund baby in the 1980s here yeah yeah. Well, I look at uh 
you know any anybody who's into like this this uh, a white person into Eastern philosophy. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, reading like uh, listening to a speech that Osho gave, and he was like, "Well, Christianity and Judaism were the religions of slaves, right? The 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 uh, Jewish people were enslaved, and the Israelites rather, and then the, so and then also Christianity was this religion in Rome that was like of the underclass, right? And then you have a character like Siddhartha." who was a prince who had everything and then was like, what's it all about? I've already got the bankrolls, the clothes, the hose. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. And so this is uh, Chevy Chase's The only way he could character. come is by being poor. He's <laughs> like, that's the only thing that can get him off now. I got to go and hang out under this tree yeah. to come. <laughs> what, do you mean in, what do you mean insufficient funds? <laughs> I'm finished. And... Uh, yeah, so Chevy Chase's Ty Webb is a – he doesn't even remember how he made his money. Right. He doesn't know what businesses he has. He probably has a stack of un- – he does. He has a stack of uncashed, uncashed checks. checks. For yeah. 70 grand. 70 grand is what laying around. And so the luxury uh, – the you know, spirituality is the luxury of someone who has right. everything. Right, right. Very true. He is I – mean, I guess he does play like the Siddharth – character in in the movie but yeah it's not it's not really that he's not the buddha of the movie right because also he fails at the end yeah <laughs> he, he's not able to golf at the end properly you know That's right. well it does he do that because it is uh because it's a lesson intentionally like he's trying to get danny to play i don't think he was doing that intentionally yeah. but i think it was a cosmic force yeah you know that forced him to lose his mojo sort of at the end and have have young danny noonan yeah, absorb all his lessons or or, or uh, exhibit all of the lessons that he had been learning throughout the movie, right? About going with the flow and the force and all of that kind of thing. So there is something I think of with like uh, Boomer. You, you brought up that this is, feels like a political movie. Yeah. And at the same time, I found that these, I'm critical of these like uh, sort of counterculture Boomer comedians yeah. Yeah. because their films often end with anarchy yeah. and destruction mm-hmm. of the uh, of, but it's a nihilistic destruction. Right. There's no Rather, reformation, actually. Yes, and so it, it it like you look at Blues Brothers, and there's this massive car crash at the end, right? And then they all end up in jail. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't uh, a people of like workers of the world right. unite or rise up. Right. With uh, Danny Noonan, um, he is still gonna make the money. Yeah. And he's still going to uh, side with someone wealthy but mm. he's siding with the enlightened wealthy or the new money wealthy people right. rather than the stodgy old exactly. the aristocracy yeah so it's more like a uh it's a cultural libertine like vibe yeah uh it's just woke capital it's like That's rainbow it. capitalism it's true. yeah where yeah, he's like yeah. oh we're we're i'm gonna be wealthy but i'm gonna let it all hang out man exactly versus wealthy and have uh sort of cultural norms yep that you follow. Totally agree. It also portrays the caddies or the working class as like uncaged animals. Oh yeah. Given like any like small amount of freedom. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that was the first moment in the movie when I was like, why do the caddies only get 15 minutes in the club pool? And then they, which is hilarious, obviously. And you're like, okay, now I I get it. Just put them back. Yeah. Put them back to where they belong. Yeah. Yeah. They can't handle this. They go in. They're acting like juggalos. The titties are all out. There's kids in the pool, but titties are out and people are smoking cigarettes. And then jumping in the pool with lit cigarettes. So now it's just like a big wet ashtray. Yeah. And is somebody wearing chucks? It becomes the a smelly puddle. shoes yeah. in the pool. Yes. Yes. They're all fat too. You know? <laughs> just pasty and, and gross. They're disgusting. <laughs> they yeah. are fucking juggalos. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly what happens when you give four people pool time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and man. when Chevy J when Bill Murray's like, Oh, you got a nice you got a pool over there to place. And he's like, Yeah, I also got a pond. A pond would be good for you. That was another <laughs> yeah. iconic line in my mind. Mm-hmm. Pond would be good for you. Pond. Uh, yeah, there are I, some really good subtle jokes there's actually. Some great jokes in this movie though, man. It's a funny movie <laughs> if you give it a chance. <laughs> and I loved uh I, I think I loved um everything you said like Chevy Chase's delivery is so great. Yeah. Uh, it feels like there's so many different comedic styles and tones happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that Rodney Dangerfield Borscht Belt comedy yeah. and those one-liners yeah. that are just sick roasts. <laughs> yeah, and he is in his own movie. Yeah, and then Chevy Chase plays a very understated, very um, subtle, witty, sarcastic, you know. mm-hmm. uh, and all and <laughs> really 
other earnest moments that it, it feels like wise comedy too. Like mm-hmm. there's a scene where uh, the young debutante is hitting on him, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You want to tie me up? You want to?" And he's like, "How about uh, we just pretend Be we're humans. human beings?" Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was my favorite line. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh wow, that's like a sick punchline," but also. What a cool thing to say. Yeah. That was right around the time when Spalding puked in the Porsche, too. <laughs> you know, yeah. from, from drinking all the leftover drinks and he got the the, the cigarette button one. Ah, I've seen people do that at, at uh, house parties. That yeah. happened, that happened to me. <laughs> Yuck. It's, it's the worst. And uh, and then Bill Murray's character, honestly, um, he's probably my least favorite character in mm-hmm. this movie. However, I do like... I like Bill Murray. Yeah. I just... The, uh, his side story was when it, when I tuned out the most. Right. I was like, let's get back to really Danny. He didn't really have a story. You know? <laughs> no. he, just had, he just had anecdotes of him being just like a working class dum-dum. Yeah. You know? Just trashing with on. PTS, with obvious PTSD. Correct. You know? Yeah. So it was enjoyable for... for he had some yeah. good lines. Yeah. And, uh, he, was he, just a, he was just a deranged Vietnam vet psychopath. Yeah, was, making pe- fun of people with developmental disabilities. Yeah, you know, and him, like sexually fantasizing about really old, old yeah. like septuagenarian golf ladies and stuff like that. Oh. Super creepy, but in the most delectable way. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm going to make uh, you bark like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you over there wearing those green shorts. You think you could hide from me? Uh, his <laughs> line, uh, his. <laughs> I, 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 again, I think of his. There's one line where he made me think of spirituality being mm-hmm. the opiate of the masses. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, the Dalai Lama. Yeah, he didn't pay Lama. me. He didn't pay me more, but uh, he did tell me that on my <laughs> yeah. deathbed I'd receive um, ultimate consciousness. Yeah. So he got that going for me. Yeah. That's, so he got that going for me. <laughs> Gunga galunga. Gunga gunga galunga. Yeah. See, I can see you guys actually love this movie. It's just you think it's you like, can hide from me. There's, I mean, when, what, you know, uh, here to get back is, yeah. is so good because yeah. that part made me laugh really hard. Like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, shut, shut up. I, I also feel like this character is very much like Rambo, at least. That's the whole, his whole lip thing. His whole, yeah. like, I have a stroke lip jutting out thing. Is I was definitely... like, which came out first? You know, did oh. Sylvester Stallone, like, was he influenced by this to be like, that's what I need my character to be in first blood? Yeah. Every, like at the pitch meeting, he's like, it's going to be Bill Murray from Caddyshack. I would love. <laughs> Only I'm going to blow up an American town. Yeah. But serious. <laughs> yeah. But. But in, but in my movie, <laughs> the sheriffs are the gophers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You can hide from me. Oh, man. Uh, uh, well, there was also um, the yacht club scene, which mm. was another anarchy scene. Yeah. Let's just shake it up. Shake let's, it up, baby. Let's uh, let the new money burn it all down. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, right? Dangerfield comes in with his yacht. Yeah, right. You just fucking. Why were there op- why were there palm trees in open water in, yeah. the, in Nebraska? <laughs> by the way. Yeah, where where did this the, movie actually take place? Nebraska. Was where, yeah, which made no set. They looked like. Set. I mean, they obviously filmed it in Florida, but it was supposed That's to take incredible. place in the Midwest, and they said specifically the town was in Nebraska. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. And how that happened. Let's just also pay attention to the, um, the sexual entendre of the name of the club, Bushwood. Bushwood. Made me laugh. Amazing. I, Amazing. I wrote down immediately. So many like, great names in yeah. the movie, you know? Mitch Cumstein. Mitch Cumstein. That's, That's a right. really good one. I was talking to my friend Mitch earlier on the way. I was like, we're, 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 uh, you know, we're, we're covered Caddyshack. And he's like, Mitch Cumstein. Yeah. That's the first thing that popped out. He's not even a character. <laughs> who's not even a character in the movie. He's just referenced. He was like, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. I uh I think I, I just had a hard time with uh with the the club. Maybe maybe just that was a reason that I hadn't seen this before was just that it's about golf. Yeah. And I think about golf clubs now. Yeah. And uh I like my favorite thing about this is that they blow it up at the end. Yes. Because uh, you know, in twenty twenty it's like you we think about climate change mm-hmm. and how what the impact, the devastating impact that golf clubs have right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And how they are by nature exclusive because you're like, all right, we're going to take mul- many acres yeah. and uh, there about seven people can use these yeah, exactly. 15 acres at a time. We're going to enslave the land, literally. And for these seven people to like put on little Scrooge McDuck hats mm-hmm. and spats and go play <laughs> golf, they're each going to need a golf cart. Yep. We're, we're going to have to have a country club. Uh, with a restaurant to like, you yeah. know, support them, uh-huh. and 
the real estate value for all the land around here is going to go up. Yeah. So that means that there are no poor people that can live anywhere near this club. Here. Exactly. We're going to spray all of this land with pesticides. Yeah. We're going to kill off all the natural flora mm-hmm. and fauna. And any 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 such fauna that tries to inter- in- interfere or intervene is going to my get grandpa's going to shoot them. Your grandpa's going to and Gabe's going to haul off their corpses with a bone saw. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to saw up deer. <laughs> Put them in, put them in burlap sacks, and, and the amount flush of w- them down toilets. Yeah. The amount of Shogi water style. they use to irrigate <laughs> golf courses. That should be the new Gangnam Gangnam <laughs> style. Uh, <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Barely. And uh, and then the runoff. You know, it rains, and all of the pesticides and mm-hmm. all the garbage off these uh, golf courses just goes right it, in the river. It sickens the Noonan family. Then yeah, five miles down the river, yeah. all these pregnant ladies just drinking straight out of the yeah. out of the streams. Oh, God. Like sweet little uh, fawns. Oh my gosh! And then all their kids just grow up. Yeah. Irish Catholic. Yeah, they convert. They convert and become. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> With my limited cognitive yeah. abilities now. So yeah, so golf courses. You know, yeah. I don't know. The privatization of public land is what you're talking about. Sure. Right? Mm. Sure. Billions of dollars worth of property that they basically. Yeah, but then you remember what, what Dangerfield's character says. He's like, golf courses, biggest waste, waste of land around. That and cemeteries. <laughs> Again? That and cemeteries. You know? Cemetery, I, that makes sense. Dude, I I have to drive in, uh, you, driving through Queens or like Brooklyn or being on an airplane and flying down and seeing these giant swaths oh of land God, that are filled up with tombstones. Oh, and I'm like, can we just get rid of – can we just put everybody in one big urn yeah, and have one is. obelisk in the middle of an awesome pastoral <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, park? That'd be like, pretty yeah let's have like let's have jungle gyms in the cemetery yeah let's have water slides in the cemetery this is sounding a lot like storm king i'm loving it you know (laughs) pony rides yeah go hey we're gonna go visit grandma and grandpa you're gonna go on a pony ride yeah there's gonna be some goats you can pet and then we go to the obelisk the yeah. big black dick we that's... pay obeisance yeah <laughs> and then you can point and see the name that's yeah. been carved on it yeah that's good that would be so much better no one goes to a cemetery now no unless you're you're trying to make out with a with a creepy lady <laughs> exactly on a tinder date that's a that's a go-to that's pretty good yeah <laughs> go make out in the cemetery on a pentagram um. Yeah. So cemeteries, golf courses. Let's get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. Yeah. Mandatory cremation. That's yeah. What you're asking for. That's a platform you should run on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now I I'm went into it. one of these high-rise uh, new apartment buildings, and they had a rec center in the middle. Not a rec center, but they had like the fun room, the mm-hmm. rec room, and then in, inside they had <laughs> they had a crematorium. <laughs> I wish. No, they had a they, but they had the video golf in there. Oh. So like you know, some people love to like hit balls. Yeah. You can still do that without like actually taking up um, physical space, right? And like just killing animals and yeah. like you know moving Native Americans off their land. Yeah. I literally just did that this morning. Yeah. What but you you I went had, to a video golf? Yeah, my. Uh, uh, I think you you pushed some Native Americans off their I, land. I one hundred percent did. You're like I why do that don't before my eyes are open? <laughs> You're like we've we've been hunting buffalo on this land for <clears throat> generations, and it's like yeah, but we need to put an eighteen hole golf course here. I need an executive nine. <laughs> we need we need balls. We need ball. We need, we need to put balls in holes. This is actually something that just occurred to me about golf. Um, like when you look at all sports, especially ball. Uh, ball sports, you know, where it goes from like increasingly tribal to increasingly sanitized, right? Golf is like the nuclear weapon one, right? It's like one ball, one hole, game over. All I get is one mic. Yeah, you know, whereas the the lower, more brutal sports are like, no, we have to keep getting football. We got to throw the ball into the bomb zone and that it detonates and then we get the point, right? Basketball, (laughs) many balls, many Many balls. balls. It's a war of attrition, you know, more points, more points and so on until you get all the way up. To golf, that's like this is this is nuking. This is atomic. It is. Well, it it's uh it's uh one torpedo yeah. into the center of the Death Star. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's the hole in one. Boom. Boom. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rethinking golf now. Yeah. In it, general, it's uh well you know the, and I, the one time I went on a golf course. Well, twice. So there was this uh, a, 
ultra militant Catholic youth group called the Legionaries of Christ. Oh my God, that's and, so scary! Yikes! And that is they, like the ISIS of Catholics. Yeah, it's like they, the, the they are of Columbus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a subsidiary of the Opus Dei, yeah. which are the uh, Spaniard fascists right. who love the pro life and they hate, and like loved Franco. Right. So those dudes, the Opus Dei, they the Legionaries of Christ, they would come into um, Catholic schools and try to recruit uh, young men, Holy shit. little boys, little like boys. me. Yeah. And they were like, hey, come out and uh, come out to our clubhouse and they'd bring you know they weren't trying to molest you they, but, but they'd bring like 10 or 15 boys and they'd be like hey we've got we've got bumper pool yeah. we're gonna go to a golf course and play capture the flag later wow. hold on let's watch we got this lube video. Yeah. we got vibrators <laughs> we got yeah. some cool videos and so they entice you with fun yeah and then and then you sit down and they're like but first we have to watch like this pro-life video <laughs> and then there's like you watch an ultrasound of like a baby getting like vacuumed out of a womb <laughs> and they're like see that could have been jesus you know yeah. and they're like what it's so. pretty fucked up if somebody <laughs> aborted somebody while having the fucking sonogram going the ultrasound <laughs> <laughs> like just so you see what's going on here yeah like they'd make us watch the silent scream which is a one of these movies mm. and uh yeah, and then they made us watch this one on Padre Pio, which was a, a, a priest who um, claimed that he had a stigmata. Stigmata, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there's there's a statue to him down the street mm. in uh, Williamsburg at one of these uh, yeah. Italian uh, Catholic right, churches. Right, right, right. But yeah, so that my, that was my experience going to a uh, golf course late at night. These mm. priests like broke us in, and we played capture the flag late at night on the <laughs> golf course. That's not bad. Yeah, it's much better than actually playing golf. Right. For yeah. sure. They should all just be turned into big capture the flag courses. Uh -huh. Laser tag. Let's get it real, real working class. Or just like LARPing. LARPing, let's, I'm yeah. into that. I would totally watch. But let's uh, LARP Caddyshack LARPing. Where it's like <laughs> caddies hunting down aristocrats, you know? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and it always ends. It culminates with a uh, gopher C4 right. firework display. <laughs> I love that he was sculpting C4 into mate. For the gopher, yeah. <laughs> like female gophers, he's like he's gonna want to fuck this. I just think about Bugs Bunny and drag whenever yeah. I see that. <laughs> well, uh, do you guys have any um, final points that you'd like to explore? Caddyshack is great, dude, and I think we can all agree agree with that now. Actually, whether you whether you want to want whether you want to enunciate that and or not, Caddyshack's a great movie. There's layers to it, like an onion. Yeah. You just kind of have to think. I, I feel like I'm the only one that plays golf here and is put, is put in a position where I would have to defend it, but I don't really care. I don't feel the need to necessarily. But, um, I mean, it, yeah, there's 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 a, a lot of, like, class class issues brought up in this mm -hmm. movie. But I think that that's pretty common. It's really golf. the most woke movie. It's the, it's the <laughs> wokest. It kind of is the wokest movie. Have you guys seen the second one? I think I, I think I think that Ken Loach actually is the guy who wrote Caddyshack, and then it fell into the hands. Right. Of these like second city comedy guys, it absolutely did. Well, uh, this is uh, this is just a real. I think it's a really great time capsule for me to see what the aesthetics in 1980 were, mm -hmm. and also uh, I loved seeing a young Chevy Chase mm -hmm. at the top of his game, yeah. uh, just being hilarious yeah. and and skinny, yeah. and, uh, and and uh, I I loved uh, Rodney Dangerfield, yeah. especially a latent career. Oh, yeah. Rodney Dangerfield making his film debut, I and know. It, it gives us all hope. It really that, uh, does. That we could we could have our Rodney movie. We can have our Rodney at some movie. point because I'm not going to get my Twilight. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not coming in as a teenage vampire. You know, you're in the twilight of your twilight years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also, yeah, I love um, seeing Harold Ramis's directorial debut. Mm -hmm. So what that, else did he direct? Uh, Groundhog Day. Okay. So there we go. There's two movies with rodents. With rodents. rodents. Harold Ramis directed with yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Gophers, Groundhogs. Groundhogs. Did he he directed uh, Ghostbusters? Uh, Ivan mean? Reitman did. Oh, Ivan okay. Reitman. You're right. Reitman. That's right. But he helped write it. He did. Okay. That's. There we go. There it is. Yeah. So I don't know. With Caddyshack, for me, I give this. Uh, I think it's like I, like I said, the parts are greater than the sum, mm -hmm. and um, it feels like. That uh, there, I, I could care less for the caddies. Yeah. And I could have edited out a lot more of Bill Murray. Yeah. And I loved watching Rodney, Ted Knight, and uh, Chevy. And Chevy. Yeah. Just being awesome on screen. There you have it. It's so, Dave's take. Yeah. I the give wrong this take. I give, <laughs> I give this movie uh, six C4 uh, squirrel moldings <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> nice work. Um, you know, I, 
we just covered why I think it's it's good. It just shows you a, a different what night of nineteen eighties wokeness and uh, the the working class warriors. Um, I don't. Uh, I've I've seen it before and seeing it again. It's with uh, with Brooklyn eyes. You watch, you know. <laughs> I think Rodney Dangerfield's character will ultimately be responsible for gentrification in some form or another. Mm-hmm. So there's that to look out for. I mean, it's it's a fun watch. Man, I, I don't even I don't know who hasn't seen this movie, but I'm always surprised at people that haven't. Well, watch it again. Just remember, once upon a time, you were one of those people. That's true. I was. Yeah. That's why I can speak for everyone now. Saying, go, go I came it. out of the womb watching Caddyshack. Pretty much. I don't even know what it's like for you guys. You know. You can't relate. <laughs> I was um, born in this. <laughs> I give I give it uh, six. Uh, <laughs> Baby Ruth's floating in a pool. Mmm, duties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give this, um, uh, for all the reasons I've mentioned throughout the pod, I give this um, 11 out of 10, eight balls of cocaine. There we go. Yeah. Brass yeah. yeah. Well, uh, my friends, um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. We drop episodes every Wednesday. Pranav, where can people find you? Follow me on Instagram at Pranahaha uh, and my podcast on Instagram at Your Mango Bay, B-A-E. Subscribe to us on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Uh, where does a review? Yeah, and I wanted to read a review on uh, on the air from uh-huh. uh, because I love it when people drop reviews for us on uh, iTunes oh, specifically. Nice. Yeah. And so this one comes from uh, Gabby dab adieu uh-huh. gabby dab adieu uh she gave us a five star and it says i love this podcast great if you just want to forget about your miserable job and the pointlessness of uh life and uh that constant empty feeling that you can't escape <laughs> so uh, and, uh, th- uh i'm gabby, so glad get at me girl <laughs> thanks gabby <laughs> if you're you know feeling, my Instagram if you're feeling off you can call 1-800 <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, telling us that we helped distract you from staring into the abyss. Yeah, much like Caddyshack. Much like Caddyshack. <laughs> that was the Caddyshack of reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back next week with another review and another guest. Uh, we love you so much. I'm Gabe Pacheco. You can find me at gabepacheco.com. Sammy Hamarne, rate, review, subscribe, please. All right. We love you. Bye. Round and round. Upside down Boy, you turned me Inside out And round and round